I'll be the one not like like positively heckling. No, like cheering loudly and <laughs> positive in the crowd for you. Fuck yeah. There's just a word for that. Like, yeah, what is positive? I don't know heckling? what it is. Support yeah. vocally supporting. I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, we'll come. We'll work on more it. fun. We'll word. be more fun with it. Yeah. Um, can we call it heckling? Positive heckling. <laughs> Sorry for that, that noise over there. <laughs> that feels weird. Absolutely not. Welcome to Matter of Fat, a body positive podcast with Midwest sensibilities. Hi, I'm Kat Palavoda, a local fat feminist shop owner, and I'm trying to lean into more restful and restorative moments this summer. It's going so so. <laughs> I'm joined by my co host and producer, Soraya Bogani. Hi, I'm Soraya. I'm a fat, multiracial Minneapolitan millennial who recently got caught in the rain and did not love it. And I don't care that much for pina coladas either. <laughs> On Matter of Fat, we talk about the cultural politics of fat liberation with a Midwest perspective. In this episode, we talk about being outside. While Beyonce wasn't, you know, talking about me in Break My Soul when she said, you outside, but you ain't that outside, it felt real, you know? I just try to identify with Beyonce lyrics as much as possible. Always. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's due in very little part to that and so much more that we are talking about what it means to be outside while fat. We also get to dive into our first interview of the season. Yes, we do. We're chatting with Summer Mashad Skog about their book, The Origin and Growth of Fat Girls Hiking, and Van Life, all as, as a matter, matter of fat. Okay, so outside, which is like a huge concept, I guess. The big and place I would like out to there. Make <laughs> the great outdoors, the great outdoor. which actually I want to talk about. Like what is outside versus outdoors ah, in my mind? Uh-huh. I think this is getting to some semantics. But I think about actually outdoors as being like very natural, like being in the in the forest or hiking or, or in beach, like nature. You know, outdoors. Yes, yes, nature, nature, nature versus the concept of outside, which to me just feels like being outside my my door, which it means just being in like public spheres with other people. Yeah. I'm curious, where do you land on that kind of spectrum that I've just laid out I, before? I us? think that's such an interesting thing to ponder. And you know, I wonder if my thoughts on this are different now than they were maybe three years ago, pre-pan. Like, cause you're mm. right, because as you say this, I'm like, oh I'm Makes sense like being outside is like eating on a patio or like you taking bogey for a walk you know like just mm-hmm. being outside whereas being like out in nature feels different so I don't know if I would like if I'm so aligned with like the outdoors versus outside like way of describing it you know or defining it but I do feel a marked difference between just being outside and being like out in the great outdoors yeah well I think so there's a couple of different ways that we can talk about this because it is a pretty general um, genre. Genre. <laughs> Whenever I say that, it's like I think of the meme. It's a genre. <laughs> Bad bitch genre. Okay. So sorry, can you y'all. Imagine people <laughs> listening to any like if we were ever so lucky to have someone in five years listening to this, how little they would understand. <laughs> Incomprehensible. What, Gibberish. What are these ladies even talking about? <laughs> You know what, what, though? It is remarkably 
true to what goes on in my brain. Yeah. So like that's fun. That's <laughs> fun that that's accurate and I'm conveying everything that goes through my <laughs> mind. In any case, I think the way that we could talk about this episode is really focusing on maybe the natural aspects of being outside with this this bit at the top of the episode just because it's, I mean, we're Midwestern, so we always talk about the weather. Weather is nice <laughs> right now. It'd be really fun to talk about what being like outside or, or um, like in nature yeah. or engaged in that, as opposed to that public sphere, which I think will come actually, up more maybe later. Yes, dirt and discourse. Yeah, we have some dirt and discoursey things to say about that bit. Yep. Mm-hmm. So let's okay. I I know like we like to do a little personal catch up related to whatever we're talking yeah. about, and so I guess for me is that I have been. I am just going to pull from the internet because that is my personality. I don't have any original thoughts. I just look at memes and translate Wait, that. Wait, I just need to time out because, like, you're not wrong, but you are wrong. So, like, you are. <gasps> so, like, <laughs> how dare <laughs> you are so well versed in internet culture and meme curation? And oh, I thank would, you, I... LinkedIn. <laughs> will you endorse? Me? Okay, but I would submit that you are. like you add to it like you like your curation of it and like usage of it does not mean that you have no original thoughts on the matter but that you are adding to what is there in ways that like are more funny or like are more curious and like what's already being created so may I just offer that that is high praise I'll take it it's true though Saraya it's true it's great thank you that's very kind of you but I think that's what's so interesting about meme culture not that that's what we're talking about but we're kind of like I think about cave paintings right and like that's how we're communicating now with just photos maybe a little bit more like context Mm -hmm, around mm -hmm. it but (laughs) I love that for us let's go back simpler (laughs) times simpler, simpler pleasure but Uh, This is all to say, thank you for that kind compliment, that there was a post from uh, Not All Geminis on Instagram. Do you follow them? Maybe. Probably not. They do a lot of astrological, you know, adjacent things. And so they had a picture of Cassie from Euphoria, or at least the actress who plays her, just kind of like sitting at a patio outside and looking really sad. And it said, you know, Capricorn. You. And that said, still sad, but covered in sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like what the hot girl summer status did. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> I, I, like, I did see that around your names. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Okay. So that that is mine. And I think that was very accurate. It felt good. You know, I'm still going to be sad. I'll be outside and I will have UV protection going on. And that's kind of what my my life has been like. I've been more exploratory, going on different trails, trying different parks out. You always were um, about that, but you are more now that you have the dog, right? Yeah, well, it started with a pandemic because I thought everything was unsafe. Yeah. So just being alone out in the woods felt safer. Yeah. Um, but definitely now that I have a friend to drag along yeah. with me, um, and constantly shove my hand in his mouth to take out whatever he's trying Gross. to eat. God, I know. <laughs> is it a bone? Is it a wood chip? Is it a piece of pizza? Who knows when you're in the city? <laughs> it's always a fun gamble. So that's, <laughs> that's kind of it. And that actually relates to what I said at the beginning. I did get caught in a summer storm the other night. 
it happened for real. It wasn't just a cute made up mm. thing for the for clout. <laughs> um, it was this wild stormy night and it was clear. And so I took Bogart out for a quick jaunt and we definitely got caught in the downpour. It is not romantic. It is not fun. I walked in and one of my neighbors saw me and they're like, uh, they looked at me aghast and I said, it's raining outside. <laughs> it's raining. Like, drenched. Absolutely drenched. So I think it's a gamble going outside and I don't know where the story is going, but I will say it's really beautiful until it's, until not. it's not. And Yeah. But that's where I'm at with being outdoors as of late. What has being outdoors or outside looked like for you in the natural in the natural side of mm-hmm. things? Well, I also reference to what I mentioned in my in our intro, um, which is that I'm really trying to like lean into like what is restful and restorative, and maybe I'll get into that more in an upcoming yeah. fat dish. But like I'm really realizing that like reflection and like restoration feel really essential for me this summer in particular. And so I'm trying to think about like what would be restorative for me. And I'm honestly still thinking about it. But one of the main things I know to be restorative is being outside in a body of water. Like that is just like that that is and then to be with my boo outside in a body of water next level you know like the most restore it's just that's what's been bringing me a lot of joy this summer um and actually it started out with um the uh, so my shop cake plus size resale has been doing um some fat beach days this summer we used to do these big old fat pool parties and hopefully they'll come back sometime but like this summer while we're still in pandemic life um we like decided to do something much more low-key and so we've just been going to lake nokomis um there's been one fat beach day uh, every month of the summer and so as if you happen to be listening to this as it comes out there'll be a couple more coming up for you anywho The one in June was my first day at the beach all summer. And I have been swimming quite a bit because we joined the Y. And so I've been doing like water aerobics a lot. And I just, oh gosh, I love being in the water. Um, But I forgot how much better it is when you're outside. Like it's just infinitely better for me to be out at the beach, like with the wind blowing and the sand and the sun. And it's just like... Oh, I don't know. I It's hard for me to put into words like how much that fills me up. Like it's just really, really good. And so, um, yeah, since fat, the first Fat Beach Day, I've been trying to do more outside stuff, including um, we went to Weber Natural Pool the other week. Where is it's that? It's over north. Um, it's been around for a while. And actually, years ago, uh, when the uh, Twin Cities Fat Community Facebook group was just kind of like in its inception, maybe its first or second year. So we're talking like 2016. Um, maybe okay. 2017 before the shop opened, we had a little meetup over there. Um, have you never been? I didn't even know it existed. Okay, it's so cool. I don't understand the science behind it all, but it is a natural pool, <laughs> meaning there's no chlorine or anything. It's like plants and rocks that filter is it. it. No, water? it's not salt water either. It's like oh. filtered in a way, again, beyond my comprehension, but in a, a way that works. And I notice like my skin feels really good after being there because it's not like zapped with chlorine or saltiness. It's just, oh, I don't know. It's really nice. And most of the, it's like a, it's a pool. It's like a, you know, human made creation pool. But then, you know, where some 
most pools I go to are very like concrete heavy. This has a lot of grass around it and a lot of like green space. It's just, it's really nice. And I don't know if this is the rule, but when we went the other week, it was free. So we just like got to go in. It was awesome. Yeah. I think you only have to pay if you're doing lap swimming. Oh, so there you go. That's good to know. Yeah. We didn't do that, but I would do lap swimming there. Um, but yeah, if you ever want to go over there, that's, I, I think that is more my, um, my style because I did, I was over by Lake Nokomis the other day for my friend's birthday. So we just did, I mean, if we're going to talk about outside, I love being outside with people in parks or, you know, patios too. But um, we were celebrating and it was like a little overcast. So we were right by the picnic tables off by, I didn't even know there's an eatery Yeah, there is. Yeah. So we were off to the side and it was so beautiful out. But then I saw like the swimming area and it was packed. Mm. It's like overcast. And of course, Minnesotans are out mm-hmm. in full force. Like it might be storming, but people will be yeah. swimming. Um, what I couldn't get behind is there were just like lots of ducks in the swimming oh. area and then children right next to the oh. ducks. And I was like, I don't like any of this. Yeah, I don't like any of this. So like I like a good lake float. I like to be in the middle of yeah. the lake um, or swim in the middle of the lake. Around the edges, it just ekes well, me out. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, we've went to a couple other, like I went to Lake Johanna the other week. It's just this like little beach in Little Canada. I used to go there when I was in college a lot, um, and that was. Is that where your yes. graduation party was? Yeah, we don't need to talk about that. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> Are you sure? That taco yes, dip, though. I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, let's just, well, now that people have, if you've not heard this story already, when I graduated college, I like did a little like get together thing and my mom like put some stuff together and it was really cute. And it was at like Johanna, not at the beach, but at like one of the like little, you know, pavilions that you can rent out or whatever. Well, there was very severe weather, which resulted in all of us, all three people who were there, Soraya included. Well, it was so severe. No one came. No, because it was just severe, severe weather. But somehow Soraya and um, our friend mom made it through. And so cut to the three of us in the like concrete bath bathrooms like eating snacks yes. <laughs> no i was not eating in the bathrooms i feel like mom was the so. only one eating She's like, this taco dip great yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she brought the whole taco dip because you gotta one thing about inclement weather is you have to protect yeah the taco that's so dip. funny that yeah. is important so anyway mm-hmm. yes that's one but i bring it up because that was very full of ducks and of um seaweed at the bottom of the lake which really grossed me out Ishy. Yeah, but I haven't experienced that at Nokomis. But you know, as we're talking about this, like I'm, I'm feeling like Lake Nokomis Beach, as an example, is sort of this like space where um, the outdoors and outside come together. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it like overlaps mm-hmm. because in some ways it is very naturey, but in other ways it is absolutely a public space where there are lots of people, um, depending upon what time you're there. You know, so yeah. And, like, infrastructure. I think about how the bridge with so many cars yeah. traveling over the and lake the is right there. airplanes are really loud airplanes. over there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But to me, like, um, I still – when I – I guess I haven't done this at all this summer. But in, uh, like, the previous two summers when we've been in more – well, it's still a pretty heavy pandemic. The two previous summers, what I would do often is, like – be, go by myself, leave my stuff on the beach, and then just like swim out to the deep end and then flop around for an hour. And so there were people out there, <laughs> like people at the beach, but I didn't feel like they were around me. 
And I could just be uh-huh. there with the sun on my face, like in the cool water. And yeah, I would hear planes and stuff. But like, to me, that's still really restorative um, and feels does feel outdoorsy, but like in a different way than like being, you know, at Glacier National Park makes me feel outdoorsy. Yeah. Yeah. You know what would be the height of like restoration and yeah? luxury? Having like a private pool oh. or a private lake yeah. or like a or like a natural pool, like that would be the height of luxury. I agree. I, I agree. Maybe someday when I'm a rich bitch, I've dreamed of this a lot. If I have a pool at my disposal, I will hire someone to do like really cool, challenging, but like um, fun water aerobics classes with really good music. And it'll be like open invite to every fat person I know. Honestly, if you are a rich bitch, you would be the one leading and curating yeah. all of that. I <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. that'd be so fucking fun. Oh my, oh my god. god, you'd be a, a fitness <laughs> influencer. No, I don't think. I don't know. You Maybe. know, that's actually something. Oh my gosh, we're really talking everywhere, aren't we? Um, but this, <laughs> this is such a well organized wow. interview um, episode. <laughs> but I do feel the need to share now that that's something that you know, like when you have those check ins with yourself about like, what do I really want to do? Like, where are my pa- do my passions lie? Like, you know for the last like probably 15 years something that is kind of carried over always from my list is like oh maybe I could just like increase my stamina and like teach workout classes you know that's always been there and for someone who doesn't always work out so much like I just really a dance workout class or a water workout class really just like brings me so much joy um so to be able to share that with other people would be really cool but it would require a lot of like um I would really need to increase my stamina um and I don't know if I have the interest or like time to dedicate to that you know yeah yeah, in terms of Hmm. joy making those are some things for sure for me I as far as like private moments go until we're we're filthy rich and have our own pools honestly we should do the whole Kris Jenner Chloe situation where our houses are right next to each other I love that so much I don't know I'm not gonna be a rich bitch so I don't know why I'm talking about this like that but um I I have been looking at Swimply a lot. I don't we so we you and I actually rented a hot tub in the winter, which was cool. really fun. But Swimply is like an Airbnb for pools and hot tubs and things like that. And I stay on that site. Like yeah, you bring it up to a bunch. Out how I want to do. When are we gonna go yeah, to the pool? I think I'm. Well, I booked one for this week coming up, but it's just like a quick dip out from Tonga, so it's not like a thing. But I don't know, dude. You're I busy. Know. When when we'll are you free? We'll have to talk offline about that. Also, I feel like oh, we don't want to tell everybody. <laughs> Let's my get schedule? out the calendar. No. Um, also, <laughs> yeah. something related to that that I am apprehensive to share, but I will share because it's one of those things. Like if I say it, I have to do it, and I really want to do it. Um, me Love and some this of, accountability right, partnership. Right. Um, my some of my coworkers at Cake have uh, when we went to our first Fat Beach Day, we were like, "Wouldn't this be fun to do by ourselves, but at a pool?" So I think that we're going to try yeah. to do some kind of swimply like staff pool party thing this summer still too, and that would just be it's a lot more expensive than it was last summer. I'll just yeah, tell you that well, much. Cake, as I say, Cake will be footing the bill, but also yikes, Cake will be footing the bill. But that is still um, on my my hopeful list for this summer because I think that that would just be so so fun. So fun. Yeah. I guess. Okay. So like the version of my life that is a private pool, it's not really a private pool, but I do have a balcony. Yeah. And it is very cute. I have two comfortable chairs, a little 
table, some plants, like some big palms. Um, and it has a really nice view of downtown Minneapolis. And so that has been kind of my exclusive, I'm really fortunate to have my exclusive like door to the outside yeah. because I'll just like go and hang out there and read at night or have coffee in the morning you know, do do a little wordle moment. Okay. <laughs> and my dog likes to spy on everybody in oh, the cute. in the neighborhood from there. Your yeah, your balcony is looking like really cute lately. Um the furniture you got is really pretty. That and I will say that is something that I have felt as like a deficit in my life now because of the pandemic more than ever. Like just I'm always craving like a, a private outdoor space of my own. Um and that just doesn't really exist when you live in an apartment that doesn't have like a patio or balcony space, you know? Yeah. But it's an interesting concept too. It's like, what is this desire for privatized like nature or privatized outdoor space? I don't know. Yeah. Because. <gasps> well, I mean, I think for me, a lot of it is just pandemic related. I want to be able to be free to like not have a mask on, be outside, be in the fresh air and not be worried about like impacting other people or them impacting me. Yeah. I was just going to say my answer is safety as well, which yeah. I think actually gets us into the dirt and discourse. Oh, so let's save that and get into this mm -hmm. interview, huh? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Yes. Okay. Okay. We got to get into this interview with Summer Mashad Scope. Summer, we're so glad you could join us on Matter of Fat. Thank you for having me. Okay, we get to ask you a question that everyone gets asked who's interviewed on our podcast, which is, Summer, what is your story as a matter of fat? Uh, my story as a matter of fat is, um, well, I was gr grew up and raised in Minnesota um, in a small town. I was thinking about this question um, because I was definitely teased as a kid for being fat by my peers. And, and I think this happens to a lot of people, but I, looking back at pictures and stuff, I was like, I don't really think that I was really fat. I was maybe just bigger than my peers in, mm -hmm. a, in a little way. Um, but you know, that definitely like had an imprint on me and my development and the way that I saw myself and, and really being aware of how others viewed me as well. Um, and it was like really damaging and in, in a lot of ways. And I was really bullied for, um, for the way that I looked and the clothes that I wore, you know, we grew, I grew up really poor. And so we had secondhand clothes and, you know, free lunch and all these things that I think, um, kids tend to, um, hone in on at certain mm -hmm. ages, um, as differences, as bad things, um, and then, you know, as I got older and I became a teenager, I got really weird, which honestly I think was so great for me. Um, <laughs> I really just like really experimented with my style a lot. And I, you, know, you and me both, my friend. <laughs> yes, I know. And it was, the you know, I, I graduated in 96. So it was like mid nineties and I was like grungy alternative uh -huh. weirdo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And chubby, I was definitely, like, at that point, like, what I would consider, like, I was fat as a teenager, you know? Mm -hmm. um, my dad worked at a modeling agency, actually, in Chicago when I was a teen, um, which was a very interesting, like, juxtaposition to being, like, a weirdo fat teen, you know? I was, like a feminist and really into, like, um, Riot Girl and making zines and stuff like that and 
you know, we would go visit him at his work at the agency. And it was just so funny to be like around models, essentially, who were my same age. Um, And then to get to know them and talk to them and we would hang out with them and stuff. And um, the thing that really stuck with me, I think, was that, you know, these these girls who were like, you know, quote unquote, like beautiful or like they're like the ideal, right? They're like what mm-hmm. you see in magazines. They're praised for the way they look. Um, but what we, what I found out was that they weren't necessarily like happier because of it. They were just like, you know, had the same kind of um, body image stuff that I had as, as a fat kid, you know? Um, and I, and I think that that was like some sort of, I don't know, seed for me in my journey towards, you know, body liberation in a way. Um, because I think that we, you know, as teenagers, I think that the, the, we were like, I feel like culture was telling us to strive to this beauty ideal and Mm -hmm. knowing that it wasn't like something that made you happier. Like I really took note of that, I think. Um, so that was, you know, it was really interesting. And then, you know, I was really into zines. So I, I remember reading um, Marilyn Wan's um, Fatso zine, mm-hmm. uh, yes. which it became a book. Um, but I, it was like the first time I was really like aware of uh, people using the word fat in like a positive way or a neutral way, not as like a derogatory term. Um, and so that was like you know, that was really powerful to me. And just being a teenage feminist, I think was really powerful to me in my um, journey toward body liberation. Um, Because, you know, it was kind of like, fuck the patriarchy. (laughs) And, um, and fuck the patriarchy's beauty standards. And, you know, we don't need to be like that for, for what for it's like for the male gaze, I guess, essentially. Um, so that's kind of like the beginnings of my matter of fat story, I guess. Um, and then, you know, I, I don't know, I've been fat, you know, most of my adult life as well. Um, and, you know, had pretty neutral feelings about my body, you know, I didn't really like face a lot of, um, I don't know pushback or comments or negativity necessarily but obviously it's everywhere in our culture so it really Mm -hmm. does like it's kind of like this weight that your weight that's like such a I didn't mean (laughs) (laughs) puns are plentiful on this podcast (laughs) that fit in beautifully (laughs) but it's like this this thing you carry right that Mm -hmm. that um I don't know. It really like it. It really does. It's a burden to to bear those um, those ideals. I think. I mean, obviously, you know, you all are familiar with that as well. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that's sort of. Um, I don't know if I have more to say on my matter of fat story, <laughs> but I'm open to more questions. <laughs> this was great. It is great, and I think you know in your book, which I think continues to tell that story a bit. Um, You had mentioned, you know, obviously fat girls hiking, which is something we want to get into, but even being out on the trail and, you know, all of a sudden having these thoughts unbidden Mm. about why you don't deserve to be there or like why you can't do certain things because of your body. And I think that gets at what you were just saying about no matter how neutral or positive you are, 
it's just so prevalent yeah. that yeah. it kind of rears its ugly head from time to time. So um, I guess that's a long segue into asking you to tell us more about the origins of fat girls hiking. I assume it kind of aligns with what you've told us so far about the origins of like your own um, approach to your body and body liberation. So I'd love to hear about that and then maybe what it looks like today. Yeah, it's, um, it's so awesome. Like it's so it's been such an awesome journey. I will say um, I started fat girls hiking in 2015 and it, it was really an, it's just an Instagram account because I'm a photographer and I'm a writer and I really just wanted to have some representation for, you know, fat people, for queer people, as I was, you know, new to Instagram and really wanting, like, new to hiking as well. And, like, really just wanting to find other people who were doing this new activity that I was, like, falling in love with. Um, mm-hmm. And it really wasn't anywhere on Instagram at the time. There wasn't a lot of things that people weren't talking about fat liberation or you know body positivity was like kind of in the in the mix but like not really um and so like all the hiking stuff I was seeing on Instagram was really like um centering like thin cis het males with money who can you know people who can buy the gear and obviously there's nothing wrong with being all of those things um but it really wasn't representative of like who I am and my experiences and and my identity. So I really just wanted to offer my voice to, um, to the outdoor industry and to other people who maybe were getting outside and weren't seeing themselves on, you know, REI's page or, you know, Mm -hmm. the places where you would, people would normally look for, um, for inspiration on getting outside. Um, and so that was kind of the, the beginning was just me telling my story about like what I was doing, where I was camping and, uh, where I was traveling to and how I was doing that. Um, and then, you know, as I was posting things on Instagram, people started using the fat girls hiking hashtag. And, um, that was like a surprise to me. I didn't really, you know, I wasn't really intending on it being anything other than just my stories. Um, But I was really excited about it. I was like, oh, well, maybe this is how I can find other people and connect with other people and, you know, not feel so like alone in like I'm the only fat person who hikes kind of Um, Mm -hmm. because obviously it wasn't true. Like I had have fat friends at the time who were hiking with me. Um, And so then after I started posting other people's pictures and, and having other giving other people a chance to like tell their stories and their experiences um, and then it just kind of like became this thing where people were like, you know, um, seeing the hikes that I'm doing and other people are doing and people saying like, we want to hike together. Like we want to hike with you. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a new hiker. I don't know how to lead hikes. Um, I have no idea how to even do that. Um, but I really did want to have, like, I really did want to find friends who wanted to go hiking um, because I didn't really have a lot of friends who were super into hiking in the way that I was becoming super into hiking. Um, so then I started leading hikes and, you know, the first several hikes, like 
nobody came. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. This feels kind of oh. sad just to be at the trailhead by myself. No. When, oh, oh, no. You know? <laughs> but I was like, well, I'm just going to keep trying. And so I kept trying and posted a hike. And it was, like, actually a nice day. And it was a waterfall hike, which people love waterfall hikes. So, you know, like, five people showed up. I think to like the third or the third hike I hosted and um and it was like so exciting. I was like, "Oh my gosh, there's five people who want to hike with me. This is the coolest thing, you know?" Um and we did the hike and you know, I wasn't and I wasn't really sure like how to lead hikes. I didn't know like I didn't have, you know, a mission statement for Fat Girls Hiking. I didn't have like mm. um community guidelines. I didn't really know how to do all of that. And I was sort of just like learning as I went on, you know, through the experiences I was having on hikes with other people. Um, and just like, tr really like trying to create this, um, this space where we weren't like talking about dieting, we weren't talking about weight loss. You know, we were really just like fat people enjoying the outdoors together. Um, and, you know, that can be kind of tricky to be like, hey, you know, this space is like not welcoming of that kind of language. Um, I did get some pushback from people um, who wanted to be in the community, but like also wanted to like openly talk about how they were pursuing weight loss. And, you know, like I'm really like... <sighs> you know, I'm all about bo body autonomy and people can do whatever mm -hmm. they want with their bodies. But I also like know how prevalent, like, it's, like we said before, like diet culture is so prevalent in our culture. It's literally everywhere. It's like ingrained into our culture. So to have this one little space where we can just come together and celebrate who we are and um, support each other and like have that not be a focus was like, amazing you know it's really like felt like really um disrupting the ideas of like what it means to be outdoorsy also yes and mm -hmm. that was really exciting to me um I because I'm just kind of like a a rebel uh kind of a brat <laughs> at heart <laughs> and um so like kind of uh pushing back on the stereotypes of you know that fat people can't be um outdoorsy was really fun to me you know um so yeah. we did some like epic hikes some like we climbed a mountain you know there's like this mountain in you know just outside of Oregon or outside of Portland where we went and hiked a mountain and it was amazing we've did so many hikes and you know and then I really like wanted to focus more on accessibility I started to have like the, I was hiking a lot and I started to get um, some really bad chronic pain. Um, mm -hmm. And that really like changed things for me. And I have a friend who also has uh, chronic pain and just realizing like the, the, some of the trails that I was choosing for community hikes were not accessible to everyone was kind of heavy on my heart once I kind of realized that. Mm -hmm. So I really started to focus on finding um, ADA accessible hikes. Um, ADA is a Americans with Disability Act, so it's like trails are graded in a certain way. So uh, people who use wheelchairs or mobility devices can access the trails. Um, and Portland has a lot of really great trails like that. Um, and then also just like thinking about other things that we need, you know, it's like for me, like with chronic pain is like 
I love to have a place to sit down and rest. Um, that really helps me to keep hiking. So like finding trails that have benches and then like also, you know, thinking about things like are the bathrooms gendered and just like having this information for people and just making it more and more inclusive, um, has been like a journey. Um, (laughs) but you know, now today it's like, there's, 37 chapters well this was pre-pandemic there was 37 chapters um it's kind of changed a bit through the um through the pandemic but um to build the chapters has been uh, amazing as well (laughs) it's like people wanting to have you know hiking groups where they live so they can have the same kind of outdoor community that's you know supportive and celebratory and you know outside of diet culture essentially so that's been the journey it's been a long journey and um I'm not always like so confident in my ability to do the work because Hmm. it's kind of up and down but when I talk about the sort of like the progression of it over time it's it's yeah it's been really uh really rewarding and really challenging and it's my passion so I'm like happy to do this work It is so cool to hear, like, from this little Instagram where you just were, like, sharing your story to then, like, 37 chapters, you know? Um, Oh, it's just, like, very cool to hear about. And so for us, like, we talk a lot about fat community on our podcast. So I guess we're curious, like, what has it meant to you to start this and see this grow and thrive in the context of the Fat Girls Hiking community? Oh man, it, it is like, what has it meant to me? It's like, it is such a gift. I mean, that's, I don't even know because it's so meaningful to me, um, to be able to see people who have, who think they can't hike because they're fat or they have a disability or they're queer or what all the kind of marginalized identities that we hold, like we're not represented. So like when just to see that people feel welcomed in the space and feel like, you know, they can go hiking because like maybe they just didn't think about certain things that they could do to, that would make hiking accessible to them. Um, it is profoundly changed my life. Mm. Um, and I like, it's so funny to me because it's like, I'm, I'm so in it like day to day that I, kind of sometimes have to stop and realize the impact the work has had on me. You know, um, I know it's had impact on others because I, I get emails and, and messages all the time of, you know, people saying that, you know, fat girls hiking changed their life or mm. saved their life. One yeah. person emailed me once and said that it saved their life. And like, wow, like I like cry thinking about this because it's like what a powerful thing and and to have that that impact on people is like i you know i think as a kid i always thought like i want to change the world <laughs> and i feel like in my little way i am i'm like changing the world in a better way for fat people to just you know connect with nature and i think um you know it's something that we lose i mean i definitely know i lost my connection to nature in my 20s and my and you know most of my 30s and to regain that connection to nature that I had when I was a kid is um, it's like joy is at the center of my world now because of it, you know? And, and then to offer that um, to others is, I don't know. It's amazing. It's just amazing. 
Oh, it's so beautiful yeah. to hear. It is so beautiful. And <laughs> I just, I have so many questions, right? But I, and I, you get at the heart of all of my questions in your beautiful book, Fat Girls Hiking, an inclusive guide to getting outdoors at any size or ability, right? Like that's what we've been talking about. But would you give us just a little teaser uh, with like a couple of tips that you would have for people who want to start exploring or people who want to re-explore the outdoors but may feel or have felt excluded from doing so? I think that it's really important to think about um, what do you want to see when you go on a hike? Um, Everybody kind of has different things in nature that they're drawn to. Um, Some people are drawn to waterfalls. Some people like the forest. Some people like desert, like whatever it is or whatever you have near you. Um, And find a hike that will, um, like, start with something that feels easy to you. Um, And I will say that I don't believe that all hikes, that the ratings of hikes are accurate. (laughs) If you're like, if you're like me and you're, you know, slow and you have chronic pain. Um, So I think it's it's like a, a tip I would say is like, try walking in a park or somewhere that you feel like safe to, um, to be walking and figure out how far you can go or how far it feels comfortable for you. Um, and then find a similar distance for a hike. Um, and, and then the other thing is you can also just try any hike that looks awesome and you want to try it out and just give yourself permission to stop whenever you need to stop and rest, take a break, get a drink of water, have a snack, read the fat girls hiking book, (laughs) shameless book, (laughs) bring that book hiking, please. Um, and like, you know, just give yourself permission to be in your body and, and connect with yourself and and connect with nature. Um, those are like kind of like my more like self-care tips um, that you can turn around anytime you want to when you're tired, if you're just like not feeling it, if you're in a bad mood and it's making you in a worse mood, <laughs> just go turn around and go back to the car and try another time, you know? It doesn't have the you get to decide what your hike looks like. And I think that's really important because I think that the outdoor industry really pushes like this sort of like colonizer mentality of like conquering mountains and, you know, pushing through like and like making yourself uncomfortable. But like for me and I think for a lot of other fat people, like if you feel uncomfortable or unhappy, like you're probably not going to keep hiking. You're probably not going to try it again. You're probably going to be like, well, that really sucked. <laughs> I'm not going to do mm-hmm. that again. Um, and so I just really want people to connect with the outdoors in a way that feels good for them. So even if it's like sitting in there in your yard and like really like connecting with the intricacies of a leaf or, you know, watching the wind in the trees or whatever, it doesn't have to be, you know, a big thing where you have to like bring a pack even it can just be something simple like sitting in a park but being really intentional about that connection with the natural world because I think that when we have people that are more connected to the natural world like we have more people who want to protect the natural Mm. world you know and that is Mm -hmm. huge because um we we need more people who want to who want to do that um but then some more like like you know you're so let's say you decide you're going on a hike you found a hike you're ready to go um you know in the book there's a list of you know things to bring with you in your pack make sure you have water and like 
you know, calorie dense snacks and, um, first aid kit is great. Um, and then I love trekking poles. It's like, they look like they're like ski poles, but you know, they have like a pointy thing at the end. And for me, trekking poles really like help my chronic, like if my chronic pain, um, help my knees, give me stability, um, keep, you know, just keep me stable. And I think that I used to think that trekking poles were not for me, or they were only for a certain type of person. And (laughs) the truth is they're for anybody who needs them. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also like, you know, I also like, I always like advocate for bringing a a camping stool. If you're a person who wants to be able to sit and rest, they have these little like fold up stools that you can just like put in your backpack. And then anytime you need to sit and rest, if maybe the trail you're on doesn't have any like places where you could rest. um, That has been a game changer for me as well. um, Because I get some ish that I have like, chronic pain and like when I walk or stand too long like my my leg goes numb and it's not very comfortable or fun but if I sit for a bit then you know then my body kind of regenerates and then we can go a little further so um and then I also say like if you're going somewhere that might not have cell service tell somebody where you go and you know tell them when you think you'll be back and, and make sure you check in with them. Um, and that's just like a safety thing, you know, being aware of the wildlife you might encounter and what to do. If you do have, like, if you do see a bear, like not everybody knows what to do. So just educating yourself on those kind of little things. For me, that's like my peace of mind. Um, I'm kind of a over preparer because I have anxiety and it makes me feel more comfortable to be like, you know, far away in um, a wilderness area, if I have all that kind of information fresh in my head. Well, absolutely. And it's done you well in so many others, because your book dives into so many of these things. And as you've been talking through this, it's just all these barriers that you've been trying to help, you know, nudge out of the way for people to just be immersed in nature. Or what I think was really powerful in your book, you were talking about understanding your own inner voice Mm. that comes out a lot in this. Like, what are my limits? Maybe I haven't been in a situation where I could see what does feel good or what doesn't feel good. And so really appreciate you over planning and then sharing that knowledge with everybody. (laughs) Of course. I'm happy to share the knowledge. Somewhere, something that is just like so cool about you in your life is that you live in a van and I just we'd love to know like what's it like being fat and living the van life um, and if you might have any suggestions for people who are interested in exploring that. I do live in a van. I've lived in several vans in fact. That's so cool. <laughs> uh, it is. It's really it's honestly like I mean, I, you know, I wrote a story about it in the book um, and you can feel free to read that. I can, it was like getting, you know, I always kind of dreamed about um, traveling and and living out of a van for a long time. Um, And, you know, I was in a abusive relationship and I needed a way to get out of that. And so living in a van was like my way out Mm -hmm, of that mm -hmm. situation. So it, I, and honestly, I don't. I don't know that um, I would have just gone for it had I not been leaving a really bad situation. So um, that's sort of like how it started for me. Um, but really, it it's became this thing that 
it's like I get to kind of like um well, I mean, honestly, it's like nice to not have to pay rent. That's a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's nice to be able to like take my home with me wherever I go to have all the comforts of my home. Yeah. I have my bed. I have a little kitchen. I have my dresser with all my clothes. And um, that is really nice to me. Like I just I love that feeling. It feels really safe and comforting and um, but it's challenging also, obviously there's, you know, before we started recording this, we were talking about how I just recently got a flat tire and like a flat tire in a car. If you're, you know, if you live in a house or something, it's, uh, it's not as big of a deal, but like, when you're like, well, this is my home and now I can't mm-hmm. move my home anywhere. Um, so there's challenges like that, but, um, really like how, you know, being fat in, uh, in van life is, I don't know how couples do it, to be honest. Um, <laughs> when I was in a minivan, I would say it was a bit harder, um, just like maneuvering in the small mm-hmm. space. Um, I have a bigger van now I have a sprinter and I can stand up in it and, you know, move around. I even do yoga in the van sometimes <laughs> cause I, I just have a lot of room. Um, That's great. I also have a lot of clothes in my van. Um, I do love, I do love my clothes. I probably have way more clothes than most people who live in a van. Um, but clothes and books, those are like, (laughs) those are the things I really love. I want them in my space. I want to have variety. Um, but it's fun. I think it's like fun to travel around and just see places I want to see and, um, meet new people. And, you know, I started the, the van life, um, driving across the country to the East coast, um, opening, you know, leading hikes and hoping, hoping to open more chapters of the fat girls hiking, uh, because, um, I didn't really know how to do that. I really wanted to start chapters, but I didn't know how to do it. I just really felt like the strong desire to like meet people in person who were going to be ambassadors yeah. for fat girls hiking. Mm. Um, and so that's sort of like why I started, you know, traveling in a van. Um, but I really just fell in love with the freedom I felt doing it. And, I just had so much joy just like being outside all the time and just being being even more connected to the outdoors. Um, Sometimes like I stayed in a hotel on my book tour and I was like, this is so fun. I'm just like inside (laughs) in a bed (laughs) with a TV and a shower, like and a toilet with water that flushes like all the like little things I think that. I like I might miss a little bit about like when I used to live in an apartment, you know, um, but I like I, I don't know. I'm pretty scrappy. I can kind of make um, any situation work and, you know, I'm really creative. So it's like I think it really just like keeps me creative and it keeps my creative juices flowing to have the the opportunity to like go wherever I want to go in my home. I'm just like a little turtle, you know, just oh. moseying around. <laughs> Yeah, it's fun. It's really fun, but it is hard. It's, uh, you know, I got, I definitely got harassed by cops. Mm. Um, I, well, I knew I wanted to, like, when I was doing the van life, I was like, I, I want to keep living in a van, but I want to, like, kind of be in a small town. Like, I want to, like, try to live in a small town in my van. So there were a couple of places on the Oregon coast that I wanted to live in. I tried out a couple of places and, you know, cops in small towns. <laughs> They're very interesting. Um, So that's a little bit stressful. And, you know, I know a lot of people who live in vans have those similar encounters. Um, 
And as I try to stick to, um, you know, outside of urban areas for that reason, but, you know, obviously small towns, you can run into that. Um, but just like having like basic resources, like a shower and, um, having water. I have like a big water tank that lives under my bed and I have a, like a kitchen sink and a countertop. Um, but like finding places to like, you know, fill up my water tank, yeah. you know, it can be a little, it was a little tricky during COVID when all, everything was shut down. Um, mm. but now I have a great place on some land where I park every night and it's really dreamy. I get to have a garden, but I still live in my van. Um, and I'm kind of like have more privacy because I'm not like parking in public places. So I feel like I kind of found this like sweet spot of van life for like having a place to park, but also being able to travel, you know? That's so cool. Sounds yeah. so dreamy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think you hit on so much of this, but I guess what else is bringing you joy? Oh, boy. Um. You know, I I've really found joy in gardening. I never thought I would be a gardener. <laughs> I just even though I love nature so much, I just never um I just always thought I was bad with plants and I just had this narrative that I just told myself I was if I had a plant that I would kill it. Um but then I had this like Christmas cactus that I had for like 10 years or something before I killed it. I eventually killed it, but <laughs> I still I kept it alive for 10 years that's a in long a van time, yeah. also. <laughs> yeah. Um and so that's bringing me so much joy. I don't know, it feels so like magical to have a tiny seed and put it in dirt and just give it some love and water. And like, and then you have like a beautiful flower or a tomato and, you know, like, and sometimes you don't, sometimes things don't grow, but I think it's really just like this, um, being in the present moment. And like, that is, that gives me a lot of joy, like waking up in the morning and, you know, I have this little greenhouse and like opening the greenhouse doors and, you know, just like being like, what's, what's growing today? That is like, (laughs) that's a happy place for me for sure. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, what a good answer. (laughs) So other than your book, how and where can people find you and learn more about what you're up to? I am most active on Instagram um, and it's at Fat Girls Hiking on Instagram. Um, I'm sometimes on Facebook. I will admit I'm pretty bad at Facebook, Um, but it's also Fat Girls Hiking on Facebook. Um, There's a website, fatgirlshiking.com. Um, and that's, yeah, that's about it. That's, those are good places to see what we're up to. Um, there's Eventbrite, which has all of our events. Um, those are all kind of posted on the, um, social media as well. And you're going to be here soon. I am. I'm going to be in Minnesota, my home state. I'm so excited. Yeah. Your book event is on August 1st, right? August 1st at Madger, Madras and Quinn. I feel like I'm saying that wrong. I <laughs> it's a, I honestly go between, is it Majors? Is it Madras? We'll figure it out on the 1st. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll figure it out when we're there. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love that bookstore, though. I definitely went there a ton. I love indie bookstores, so I'm super excited to that they're hosting the book event. And Kat will be there, so that will be amazing, too. I am so excited to be in conversation. I mean, like, this yeah. feels like a little bit of a warm-up, right? We got to talk here. Yeah. And I can't wait to talk with you I more know. at the event. Oh, it's going to be so great. I'm excited. Yeah. Thanks for, you know, being the conversation partner, too. It's going to be really be fun. Great. I'll be cheering you on from the yeah. crowd just so you know thank I got you that right yeah <laughs> but no I think it'll be so fun and anybody who listens is definitely encouraged to come check it out because I imagine you'll get into so much more detail and and it's just been so delightful talking with you too that I think people just want to hear more I want to hear more so I'm looking forward to it <laughs> thank you yay Summer thanks for telling your story as, as a matter of fact oh what a great conversation with summer it was so much fun and also just like there is this energy that comes with talking to someone in our first interview of the season so it was just delightful yeah and so like we've gotten in the habit of let's chat a little bit about the parts of our interview with summer that stood out to us yeah where would you like to start I mean, I just have a list of random wonderful things. The first being weird teens unite. Yeah, y'all <laughs> bonded <laughs> that. Oh my gosh. The way Summer described how they were when they were like in high school and they were younger just really resonated with me. Um, and there's something about, I, I know you and I have talked a lot about this, Soraya, and we didn't get into this in the interview, but just like something about being a fat teen. Yeah. For me, being a weird fat teen, like by me, like kind of dressing weird ways and kind of being a little more like, alternative I think gave me a way to stick out on my own terms because I know it's going to stick out anyway and I wonder if there's something there perhaps that's not shared but um yeah just like the the way Summer talked about how how they were as a younger person really felt like it was describing a lot of me (laughs) yeah and I mean I could extrapolate even further or talk about just like well that freedom to just go and be whoever you want because I don't know. Nobody else has, you don't see yourself in other ways too. Yeah. I think comes up, but I thought that whole modeling story was so interesting and wild to me because I, yeah, I don't know. Did that land with you at all? It did. Well, and just how Summer shared that they had the realization that, and I hope I'm paraphrasing this correctly, but just that like, yeah, like these like beautiful teens, like also had a lot that they were going through and like life wasn't always easy for them. And like, I think that as someone who's not like, um, uh, you know, beauty standard scale, beautiful, or, or like is like a little bit larger. Cause that also resonated to us. Summer's like, I look back at photos and I wasn't even that fat. I was just right. like a big person. Yeah. I hear that too for myself a lot. Um, but I think that like when we don't, ha- when that isn't us, we think that that is like, folks who live that life who are like you know quote-unquote traditionally beautiful um and thin have it so easy and i think that a lot of fat people fall into the trap of thinking oh if i just change my body and make it smaller everything will work out for me and so i appreciated them bringing that up and i've had that i've noticed that too i've actually had like friends um that have had like very significant body changes and just seen like they're not happier. They're even more self-conscious than they were before. Mm. You know, it's like been really, those are ahas that I've had as well. Um, and so I thought that was really interesting to hear about from Summer. Truly. Truly. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I think like we've tried to emphasize just the complexity of living when it comes down to it with this project yeah. and this podcast. But I think that is one resounding thing for me, which mm-hmm. obviously was for you too. It's just like yeah. happiness is so individualized and also when it is within the confines of somebody else or like something else like if it if you're trying to meet a goal that you're not setting for yourself based on your own needs um will you ever achieve it i just don't think that's the case so yeah yeah. but okay i'm getting a little too philosophical here let's bring it back in <laughs> well okay um, i have a philosophical thing to share too oh, we talk on, about. get into yeah, it yeah which is um i at some point summer had mentioned that like they hadn't experienced you know certain things specifically against them but like recognize that this was like part of like they still were influenced by anti-fat bias that surrounded them and we talked for a second about this during the interview like you know it's really just like part of the water we're all swimming in mm-hmm. um oh <laughs> reference from before <laughs> <laughs> but that really speaks to me. It's like, and I think with lots of marginalized identities, like the way systems of oppression work, it's like, even if you haven't experienced certain specific um, negative, like moments around your identity, we are all still living in this culture that like s- thinks and speaks pejoratively of these identity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, even if I'm lucky enough to have not experienced something, I'm still influenced by the messaging that that's bad. Uh, and so I, that feels, uh, I don't know, very big and vast, but something that I wanted to name. Yeah. It's so interesting. So we only had so much time to talk with Summer, but this is a fun story. So for Kat's birthday, we actually went to a bunch of independent bookstores. And one was uh, in Uptown, it's Majors and Quinn. And I, I actually picked up summer's book and so i've been able to read it and she does such a good job in it and she did a little bit of this in the interview as well about getting really specific about experiences dealing with anti-fat bias um and then like going more broad and then coming Mm -hmm. back in and then going Mm -hmm. more broad and i just can as someone who's really tried to do that for a long time i can really appreciate it when people can talk high level about the water that we're swimming in, right? And then also get into the very specific experiences of what that looks like. And so she talks a lot about like being a kid in Minnesota and the presidential fitness tests and, you know, all of the many Mm -hmm. things that we have attempted to touch on throughout so many episodes of the podcast. But I, I just, I guess for me, this is another more general thing. I just so appreciate when we get to talk with someone, especially like Summer, that moment of resonance where it's like, oh, me too. Oh, that freedom of like finally realizing I can go outside. I can, you know, go do these hard things or I'm not sure how this is going to work, but I'm going to go try this because it's better than the negativity that I'm dealing with right now, I think is just so important and powerful. And um, I don't know, I was just really moved by her talking about the inception of fat girls hiking and like building up the chapters too across yeah. the country. So yeah, there's a part of that. That's like a very much create what you wish existed um, mm-hmm. kind of idea, which is one of my favorite things. Um, and it really did feel like when someone started posting stuff on Instagram, it was just them being like, okay, is anyone else doing this? And that mm-hmm. like 
really organic growth of people wanting to join in, I think shows that need um, and the desire from others to have that representation and that space for themselves as well. Uh, And that was very cool to hear about in this interview. And then I know that Summer gets into it a lot more in the book as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, we have to share again, I feel like we talked about this in the interview, but Summer's going to be here on Mm -hmm. August 1st. And actually, Summer and I are in conversation together at Majors and Quinn. Um, And Saray, you're going to come, right? Yeah, dude. Yeah. So it'll be a little matter of fact. (laughs) It won't be a matter of that party. It is like truly like a book tour that Summer is doing. But (laughs) I think it'll be be... the one not like like positively heckling. No, like cheering loudly and (laughs) positive in the crowd for fuck yeah. There's just a word for that. Like yeah, what is positive? I don't know what it is. Support vocally supporting. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, we'll come. We'll work on more fun. We'll work on with it. Yeah. Um, Can we call it? Peckling, positive heckling. <laughs> Sorry, there's that, that noise over that there. Peckler, that feels gross. weird. Feel, no, I not. Written, <laughs> I thought better oh, of it. Can I talk mm-hmm. about one more thing from the interview? Please do. I know that you were like talking about. Yes, please come to the event, y'all. It's gonna be great. Summer's book is wonderful. Um, but I will say something that I really appreciated was when we were talking about just like access to the outdoors and how. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you were just mentioning this concept of like organic, organic building of like experience of just like being outside and how that resonated with people to the point where, you know, so many chapters are built out now. I was just thinking about the capitalism of it all and how like I am susceptible to being sold this idea that I cannot go out into nature until I'm prepared. And the only way to be prepared is to buy and like have certain things to be prepared. And it's just like, that's not true. (laughs) That's never been true. Like people have been out and yes, you do want to be safe. You want to have water. You, you know, if you do need other things just to be safe for yourself, that's a raincoat in case you're caught in the rain, walking poles, perhaps. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I just really appreciated that, (laughs) that like grain of salt idea of like, yeah, REI is fine sometimes. They're like, yeah, these places are fine, but also are they actually building a space where anybody can go outside? And no, because no, the answer is not. No. Yeah. Well, because that wouldn't make them money. You know, that's like the space we're living in. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good point. Yeah. Well, I I would like to say, I hope this is like an appropriate commercial, but like more of this conversation on August 1st. Is that, could I say that? Could that be accurate? Is it? Do you want it to be accurate? More of the kind of conversation we had with Summer, I think, (laughs) will show up. Yeah. So you're the one kind of moderating it. So you're the only one to answer that. I think so. I guess I'm like, what what I mean to say is like, this is not a matter of fat event. Like, I don't want to like, it's a Majors and Quinn event. It's like Summer's book tour. But I imagine our conversation there will sound a lot like our interview, actually. Yes. Yes. If you will find yourself in the Twin Cities on August 1st, come on down. For an intellectually stimulating and wonderful conversation between Summer and Kat, and just know that Soraya will be somewhere in the vicinity. Yep. (laughs) Peckling. (laughs) Thank you for trying it out. Thank you. I mean, I also hate it. I hate it, but thank you for trying it out. It's time for The Dirt and Discourse. This is where we dive into the excitement and discomfort around relevant pop and cultural happenings. 
And that's all I got. I mean, (laughs) that's all you need to say. So usually we ramp it up a little bit more. We already did that. We already did that earlier on. We gave you a preview of what we're going to talk about. The biggest teaser. So we kind of want to talk about how dirty is the wrong way. It feels dirty to to me. I should be really specific here about like being fat in groups or like big public spaces. And that's only because of just the different levels of danger that I expect to feel when I go into those areas, both for like my body size, my, my gender, um, my gender presentation, uh, my skin color. But then also with this pandemic, I just don't think being in big groups of people at this point in time feels very safe to me at all, which is bizarre because it is the summer uh, in the Midwest. And so that is generally the time when lots of, uh, outdoor big events happen, but it just feels so unsafe right now. And yeah, I don't know. I think that would be interesting for us to talk about. I agree. And this is really the difference we were getting at earlier between like nature outdoors and like outside public spaces with people. Yeah. Yeah. I know, Soraya, you have more like fears around this than I do. And I think even saying that makes it feel like dismissive. It's not at all intended that way. I think like you're, thoughts and fears around uh especially like public spaces for some of the reasons you've shared with me already make so much sense um but i know we feel a little different about this well i i think there's lots of reasons right like different identities yeah. um different privileges i am pretty privileged uh, in being in outdoor spaces or other areas with people but i think where i live has particularly put me on edge and i'm not trying to build into the whole like minneapolis is burning down the crime rate is so big no i disagree with that quite a bit actually i actually there's more crime going on everywhere outside of the twin cities than ever before because why because people have been trying to live through a pandemic and are dealing with awful economic decisions and the most racial upheaval that we've experienced in recent history so like there's a lot of reasons for that but i just feel like there's a lot of gun violence in my neighborhood um particularly like in my building and not particularly but just recently and so i actually literally in your building yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and i think that puts me on edge also with the way that we have treated guns and talked about guns and the number of violent experiences that people encounter just like going into their daily life. Now I'm really mindful of that. Like walking through the park uh, right before pride, because they were setting up the pride festival. And I was just like, I don't know one pride festival is great. I don't know that I need to be in the park for all of it. There's too many people. (laughs) There's too Mm -hmm. much stuff going on. Mm -hmm. But then also if I'm hearing about all these other situations going off where people are shooting or like being violent at these celebrations, it's like, Oh, should I be here? Right. And I hate that. That has right. to be a thought in my mind. So yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. I also know that you run a little more cautious generally, which I've always like really appreciated. I remember like um, separate from more recent like instances of gun violence happening around us, even at the shop, you're like, so what are your safety measures? And that's because of you <laughs> being a manager at Caribou having like all yeah. of these like, so here's what we do. Here's how we leave. Here's how we exit. Here's how we lock. Here's how we, you know, yeah. <laughs> I remember For you talking sure. to me and I've been a lot more laissez-faire about it. Just like, oh yeah, I'm fine. And I think sometimes I still feel like that, but I, I'll actually like for me, 
with my team, I feel a little bit even more worried about them than I do about myself, which like, what is that actually? I don't know. Yeah. We need to unpack that. But um, <laughs> so it doesn't surprise me that like those are like, you know, thoughts that um, are, are like a little more like front top of mind for you than for me. But I was sharing too. And I'm still, I feel like I'm a little bit processing this out loud, which maybe isn't the best way to do it. But um, when we were talking about this recently um, and thinking about bringing it up for Dirt and Discourse, I was remembering like, I went to a concert a few weeks ago. It was very large. It was outside. I felt kind of nervous about the COVID of it all, but a little more um, comfortable because it was outside. There were so many people there. And um, overall, it was a pretty good experience. Um, But then when we were talking about this, I was thinking like, oh, my God, I did not one time think what if someone shoots me here that like didn't mm-hmm. even like it didn't even cross my mind. I didn't once think, which way will I go? Like, where, where are the exits that I need? It's just like kind of a one way in one way out situation. I had no, there was no like safety plan in my head. And you know what? I was with Nino and I bet they, their brain is a little bit more like yours, Soraya. I bet they were thinking like, okay, here's the plan if shit goes down, you know? Yeah. Um, but what is it about me and my life? I mean, I think it's probably like privilege, privilege, privilege. <laughs> I don't mean to be dismissive, but that's literally yeah. what's running through my mind. And also, and also thinking that, like, you know, I don't think one is better than the other. Like, yes, when it comes to like surviving something like that, it's probably good to have a plan. But the constant worry yeah. that I carry around is probably not like helping me live a better and more resilient life yeah. necessarily. And so I'm a little jealous yeah. that I that I don't you know, not think of those things. Yeah. Like where are the exits? Yeah. What is the best way to get out of here? Who do I call? Yeah. I, I don't know. And yeah. also I don't even know that who do you call? I don't have an answer for that. And I yeah. don't, I think a lot of people in this country don't have an answer no, for that. No, I don't have an answer for that. I think yeah. if I could, like, if I could create the perfect like way of being, I think that like um, a middle ground between like sort of where my head's at and where your head's at is where I'd like to be. I think I would like, I think it would be, it would behoove me to be more thoughtful about safety to what, to your point. I don't think it like, it's always good for us to be constantly worried about like all the bad things that could happen. And also it is not a good to, to not even think about that stuff, you know, like that's not yeah. help, helpful or healthy either, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Also, I would say the concert you went to, I would just not have been comfortable in that crowd to begin with. Yeah. So like, that's like, so <laughs> do you want to tell people what concert you saw? Yeah. Okay. Um, I unfortunately really love the band Third Eye Blind and I've seen them many times. And I remember the first time I saw them, I was like, holy fuck, so many white people. Like it was, it was shocking to me, but now I've been to so many concerts that it, of, of theirs that it's sort of like, that's what I've come to expect. And I brought my boyfriend and they were like, oh my God. God, I feel like they literally said, Kat, I feel like we're at a Trump rally. And I was mm-hmm. like, excuse me, it is not that bad. It is that direction, but not that bad. But then it occurred to me, like, I forgot how put off or like off putting it was the first time I went to this concert to see this group. Also, we have a lot to unpack here, too. Why am I seeing concerts with like other fans that I don't feel like I identify with at all? Not at all. There were a few. There I mean, we some, don't like, know, too. Yeah. And there were. You know, when you're in a public space and you're like, oh, you look fat, you look queer, I like you, you know, like there were several people um, that I felt like, oh, maybe they're my people. But for the most part, it was a lot of like 35 to 55 year old folks that um, felt like they were from the rural suburbs in ways that I just don't feel like are my people, you know? Well, 
that kind of assessment though is what goes through my mind. So yeah. like I was back at my parents' house and I had to pop into the Walmart near them. Not a mask in sight. I mean, no. tell you, like that's the other thing. It's like, yeah. wow, am I putting calling attention to myself by wearing a mask? Yes, absolutely. Am I calling yeah. attention to myself for not being white? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. In this specific area. But then it's like, ugh, am I over assessing what all of these people think? And it just – it takes so much energy and so much time to kind of figure out that risk assessment yeah. of what's going on. And so <laughs> there's no easy answer. And I think there is a real urgency to it because, you know, people get hurt. People are getting hurt on a regular basis, whether it be from gun violence, um, COVID, like <laughs> – it's just all of it. Yeah. I don't know. You're I don't know. you're right, and it's exhausting, and it's also like not fair. Like you shouldn't yeah. have to be thinking through all of those things as you enter in to a rural Walmart. You know, like that should not be. But it it is like that, and it has been like that, and it's just so. Um, it's not even the worst for me as it is for so many others. Exactly. So. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. It's just a lot, and. Yeah, this is a pretty, like, real and bummer of a dirt and discourse, but it is just, like, the the absolute accuracy of how we feel. Um, yeah, and especially you, Soraya, and I think I'm just, like, really um, grateful that you spoke so openly about some of these concerns and thoughts you have around your personal safety in public spaces. For sure. I think it comes back to Summer's book in a way, though, too, as much as we were talking about how much we, you know, we love being outside at the top of the episode um, and like how wonderful it is to just like go be in nature, like to engage in nature. You still have to be safe. You have to bring water. You have to, you know, have walking shoes. You have to have accommodations so that you can engage with it in a in a way that doesn't drain you or put you in harm's way necessarily. Yeah. But you also can't account for everything else that you're going to come across. Yeah. And so I think, you know, planning for a rainstorm is a little bit different than planning for, you know, people not taking the pandemic seriously. Or like but it's a mass still- shooting. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I think it's easier. And so, so in some ways for me, it's easier to be, you know, alone or with very few people in nature than it is to try and engage in these big social environments. Like the state fair is coming up. And part of me Mm. is like, well, I haven't been in a long time and it might be really fun. And then a part of me is like, well, the very real reasons I haven't gone are because like people are chaotic and in pain and (laughs) treating each other in really wild ways. So I don't know. I don't know, dude. Yeah. No, I don't either. Um, I also do want to talk about how I think this is what you were probably just going to bring up, but I sent you a TikTok the other day. I knew. We're like, maybe we have one sort of sad, funny thing to bring up in this certain discourse. Okay. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait. Let me go back for one second, though. Okay. I I think another reason that I'm so on high alert is because I paid attention to Criminal Minds in a way that you didn't. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> no, it's true. all fictional. Um, but but as you Kat, as you stated, it is they the writers of the show said that real life is worse than we they could have ever written about on the show. So yeah, there's that. Mm-hmm. I took that to heart. You Why really did I did. listen to those things? Oh, I don't know. No. But one thing that you brought to light <laughs> whenever we talked about 
criminal minds or things like that. Yeah. Actually, you should it should come from your sure. own words. I okay, just... so like you watch criminal minds, there are zero victims that are fat. So like there's some a few fat perpetrators, there's a few fat like sideline characters, but there's no fat victims. So if you were... wait, main victims because there's that the wife of the criminal, right, 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 right. Oh, with the guy hit by the car. I would count her as a yeah. side character, but you're right. Yes, I guess <laughs> like the main people that like get yeah. shown up on the board, you know, and that's how it is for most of these crime drama shows and if you were to watch tv you'd think that not one fat person ever was the victim of any of these crimes which has to be a lie right but i wonder like how many people actually are like how many large people actually are like kidnapped or hurt or harmed i'm sure it's a lot right but like where are the numbers on that i also have shared before that i think in terms of my personal safety i always thought about my body size as being an asset like i feel like i am less likely to be overpowered by someone because of my size and then i think about those like those really off-putting signs and like marketing tactics people say which is like Fat people get kidnapped less, so eat here, gain some weight, or some bullshit like that, you yeah. know? So this is a conversation we've had time and time again on and off the pod. <laughs> but then Soraya comes through my DMs with a perfectly curated moment of TikTok sharing. <laughs> it's all full circle. It really this is. Great. This episode really is coming together in lots of ways. Tell them, Soraya, what this what this TikTok said. <sighs> this person this person is and i don't agree with the sentiment but it was too perfect to not send a cat Mm -hmm. but basically this person says that if you're a big girl and you're pretty don't think that you won't get kidnapped you just gotta watch out when someone comes along with a dolly like i i god die it was not like not okay not appropriate but did make me giggle a little and also like Stay vigilant, cat. <laughs> the dollies. If I see a dolly yeah. approaching, I'll take right. cover. <laughs> God, God. Damn. Uh, like, don't want to make light of horrifying no. situations, but it just really fed into my paranoia. Yeah, of everything <laughs> and the fact that somebody out there created a TikTok and posted it. Warning people that they will get kidnapped even if they're fat. I mean, it's just it's a joke. Wild. This person heard somebody say, I'm not gonna get kidnapped, I'm fat, and was like, Well, but you're pretty, so let me make this thing. Nice. You know? Mm-hmm. Um I will in closing, um, I still have done no research on the amount of people in larger bodies who are like victims of crimes, especially like kidnapping and stuff. Um, but I still would be interested in doing that. So if you have any hot leads on articles what? or reports to the I'm telling the people. Who's paying for this reason? I'm just saying, if you happen to have read an article on this that you think I'd enjoy, please send it my way. Because I've talked about this for like two years and I haven't, I've done like a a really like quick little search and I haven't found much. And I know I have to dive a little deeper. So if you have information on like crime statistics related to body size, send them, send them our way. We got to pack out the cat science library. Yeah social science yes, library we need to. and then maybe i'll make tiktoks with more relevant true information boom boom <laughs> stitch it with that dude yeah. excuse me sir <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Inaccurate. <laughs> okay we gotta wrap this up <laughs> well we've come to the end and what would be more fitting to close this than a song <laughs> I mean, anything else. I'm not singing, okay. but like, if you must. But this is just so perfect. The 
Happy trails to you until we meet again. Right? Okay. Right? That, it that is good. Yes. We really have had a lot yes. of interrelating things happening in this episode in spite of its massive length. <laughs> yeah. You think it's chaotic, yeah. but there was a plan, <laughs> was all, a plan along. all along. Um, thank you for saying that. Much better than my voice. And yes, y'all, until we meet again. If you want more from us, you know where to go. Find us on Instagram at matteroffatpod or on our website at www.matteroffatpod.com matteroffatpod.com. On our website, you'll find show notes, transcripts, information about Matter of Fat, links to all of our social media, access to older episodes, and more. Yes, including info about our fat cash. So if you love the pod and want to send some monetary support our way, just get into that fat cash. We're on Venmo at at Matter of Fat Pod, and you can find more info about Fat Cash on our website. No shout outs for Fat Cash or Apple Reviews this episode, but we would love to share your name right here in two weeks if you're able to support us in either of those ways. Never expected, but always appreciated. Yeah. Hey, one more final reminder. How many times have I shared this about Summer's book event at Majors and Quinn? Catch me and Summer in conversation on Monday, August 1st. You have to RSVP to the event. It's free, but you have to RSVP. We'll share that link in our show notes. Um, oh, and I would love to see all of you at our Cake Plus Size Resale Fat Beach Days on July 31st or August 21st. Yeah. So till next time when we're back for more conversation. As, as a, a matter, matter of fat. fat. Uh, I can do it. I do can it. do it. Okay. It's recording. Yeah. I will not put that in there. But um, will you maybe? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Absolutely not. All right.